Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Brought to you by Mighty Taco. Mighty Taco would go great right about now. By Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. And by Dent Neurologic Institute. Developing solutions to neurological problems faced in our community. Good morning and welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiri, along with Tom Prince, Roger Weiss, and Francis Beck. WNY Athletics in the house. Frank can't make it. It seems like he has... A house full of sick people to take care of, so hopefully the Wolf family gets healthy real soon. And, uh, Frank, you're going to have your hands full this weekend. Good luck, buddy. Morning, guys. Morning. Good morning. Morning, y'all. Morning, DK. Derek Kramer producing. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to have a lot to talk about today. Uh, close games last night, uh, playoff implications, kind of clearing up a little bit. The playoff picture, a couple of blowouts out there, so we'll have all that and more. News and notes times, guys, what do you have? I just want to announce uh, this, of course, this month, October, being uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Wednesday, October 3rd at Iroquois High School, girls volleyball, they will be hosting Depew in their annual pink out game. They have, uh, you know, baskets, uh, a lot of good selection for a Chinese auction and all that. If you're in a neighborhood, especially if you're a fan of girls' volleyball, please stop at Iroquois High School in Elmo Wednesday. Pretty cool. Francis, anything for you? Yeah, there's going to be a pretty special game tonight at Coyer Field. Buffalo State football will have their first ever night game at 6 o'clock against Alfred. Uh, they're going to have a lot of celebration. I'll be there covering the game. And if you're an alumni, you're encouraged to come down. It'll be a special night. Nice. Uh, Alfred State or Alfred University? Alfred University. Well, And you're going to have a lot of Western New York ties there between both teams, right? Yes. So that, uh, even just to watch some of the people that have gone through here for Western New York, that's a great game to go see. Good. Hopefully they pack the stands. A uh, shout-out to Dick Gallagher this morning. I know Dick listens every Saturday morning. Uh, this is uh, an inside message to Dick. Dick, Nicholas, and I are smiling this morning. Yeah. <laughs> he knows. Dick knows what that's all about. He's smiling, too, and I'm sure he's wearing his jacket. So I have one news and notes. Uh, congratulations to the new Canisius head baseball coach, Justin Sanacito. Uh, who is actually the person who runs the Academy Stars baseball program uh, out of Blaisdell. He will now be the next head coach at Canisius to take over the run. Cool. So best of luck to him at uh, Canisius. All right, guys, let's go through the scores from last night, and then we'll talk about uh, 
the games uh, going on today, and we'll you know get into all that playoff implication stuff and where we are. Uh, Williamsville East beating North Tonawanda forty-seven to twenty. By the way, if you want to go to WNY Athletics, you could follow. Uh, punch in the date, and you'll get uh, any scores that you want. Cardinal O'Hara beating time in thirty-five to eight. Uh, Luport falling to Cheatawaga forty-four to nothing. Salamanca beating Olean 24-12. Fredonia slash Brockton beating Tonawanda 22-0. Eden slash Collins 54. Alden 46. It was JFK 46. Roy Hart 30. Uh, let's see. Allegheny Limestone beating Cataraugus Little Valley 42-14. Uh, Portville losing to Casadega uh, slash Faulkner 26 to nothing. Southwestern over Chautauqua Lake 42-18. Randolph Frewsburg beating Franklinville Ellicottville 44-13. Albion 56, Iroquois 20. East Aurora Holland falling to Maryville 49-7. Pioneer beating Lakeshore 42 to nothing. Jamestown over Frontier 62 to 26. West Seneca West blanking Niagara Wheatfield 42 to nothing. McKinley beating Sweet Home 50 to 28. Grand Island 51, Kenmore East 7, Williamsville North 39, Amherst 12. It was West Seneca East 56, Maritime 8. Star Point nipping South Park 21 to 20. Dunkirk over Burgard 36 to 14. Lancaster defeating Niagara Falls 43 to 12. Bennett dropping a close one to Orchard Park 23 to 22. Lancaster over Hutch Tech 26 to 14. There are your scores from last night. Oh, I know uh, St. Mary's and Lancaster won, but I don't have I, the score. I can get that score for you in just a few moments. All right, well, Francis digs up the score uh, from St. Mary's, Tom Prince, Orchard Park, Bennett, Nailbiter, came right down to the end. Oh, no, this was a game. And in fact, if you heard uh, my halftime comments, I said it looks like it could be the last person, team that touches the ball was the one who's going to win this game. And you saw this. This was, um, this was a game of speed versus strength. That's exactly what I was saying. It was, what, what, it was the line of Orchard Park going to keep doing what they've done against all the running backs so far this year or would the speed this three running back um that uh bennett brings out is unbelievable i've never seen so much speed from three different guys to bring it out there you're talking about dj perry justin campbell and shamaj clemens where this like try running back that they'll just hand the ball off to, and any one of them could break free at any time. That's so tough to defend. <laughs> well, but the the thing is, without passing the ball at all, that's when you were just trying to come up into the box and put as many people in your box to stop the run. And then they had their they their quarterback last night was Devoite Pompey, um, who was another running threat out there, and he's the one who ran for thirty five yards for this touchdown in the first half where he must have broken at least four tackles, spun around two of them to be able to get into the end zone. It was an unbelievable run to be able to see. But I'll tell you, you got to give Coach Dana a lot of credit in the end of this game. Yeah, I was just going to say, that was my my comment. Uh, uh, Take stones to go for a two in a situation like that. You know, talk about rolling the dice. Very impressive. Uh, Tom, to your point about, you know, 
put nine men in the box. Sure, you could put nine men in the box if you're going against maybe a, a Riggerman or a Dolak. But if you got two other options in there, nine men in the box is a gamble, just like it would be if they had a guy could throw a pass. But they'd all come in and out. They're not in at the same time. So the like it would be it would be DJ would be in there the for the first down. Then a second down, Justin would come in. Then the third down, Shamaj would come in. Very rarely. Well, what are the see... other two backs like blocking backs? Then no, they go. They're off the field. So, so they, only no, keep no, no, one no. they only keep one tailback? The other two guys who ever have to be in the backfield when any one of these three are in the I, I don't know what for me. I know they're, they have that bunch formation where they try to you know, they try to get in the outside, and they usually have two of those guys yeah, blocking. That was the only time. You either have the quarterback with two running backs or it was just a single back set. At least that's what I saw last night. So it's well, a lot it's of substitution. a single back set, you know, you're taking a chance, but nine men in the uh, – box would work but i would think with all that talent you know they could have one of the other two out there just in case for something else for the defense to think about well and 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 they did that at times there were times where the quarterback would have a running back on either side of him where you can actually see you didn't know who the ball was going to which way but i think what their thought process was was hey beat me by the pass right go ahead and pass it and beat me by the pass exactly and it the only pass that you saw it was funny was one of their scores was a pass to justin campbell for a touchdown Okay, the question I have, and I only caught the end of the game by the time I got home. It was on uh, Spectrum, Spectrum last night. Uh, what was the deal with the Bennett player? He threw a helmet. Yeah. Is so, he thrown out of the game? And if so, if it's on the field, yes, you are. Throw, you're ejected. If, okay. it's, if they so, didn't inject him, though, we were told by the officials. We asked right there to the official that was on the field. We asked him, and he said, no, he was not ejected. So I thought when you throw your helmet week. down yeah. on the field, it's an automatic ejection. I Listen, I could just tell you what we asked of the ref. The okay. sideline ref we asked, and he said he was not thrown out of the game. I mean, not that it matters. I don't know if it would be critical of his absence against, I believe they play Hutch Tech next week. Yeah, well, and, and again, but, still. H- but Hutch Tech is also built a lot like they are. Team you, know? you don't want to play. It, 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 it's one of those... Right now, I would not want to play Niagara Falls or Hutch Tech because anything can happen. They're up for that game. They can let you it all lose hang that out. game They've, exactly. You know. Right? There's nothing to lose in those games. Another uh, game that really caught my eye: Star Point with a one point win over South Park. Wow. Uh, you know, kind of like well, you know, South Park is rolling. Didn't think Star Point would be up for the challenge, being you know how tough South South Park is, but Star Point hung in there uh, and uh, it got the job done. Well, you would think if you're going to hold Star Point to 21 points, that's what you needed to do to win the game, right? But you've got to be able to put the points up on the board uh, to be able to you know hold them at 21. So that I was the big question. Was, that impressed me more. The most impressive yeah. uh, part about that game was the low score that. Uh, Star Point was able to hold South Park down. And did South pa- uh, Star Point have to come from behind to win? Yes, they did. They were down. Yeah, it was they, like two touchdowns early? Yeah, they might have been down two touchdowns early, or at least one touchdown kind of late. And it was, it, it was a comeback. It was certainly a comeback. Because we had our meet raffle last night, so I was the only way I was able to keep up on the scores when I got home to be able to go on Twitter and uh, WNY Athletics to find out. And I thought I saw one comment that said they had to come from behind uh, to win. I was like, wow, that's pretty uh, well, They were down 14-7 to seven at the half. Star Point tied it in the third quarter. And then uh, uh, South Park went ahead by six, missed the extra point. 
Star Point came back and scored and kicked the extra point. Oh, that extra point is so important. Kicking has been big this year. I mean, we we have not seen the kicking games like we've seen in the past couple of years. 21 to 20 was the final. Well, I think that was the game we kind of expected um between those two teams. They were clearly the strongest second the strongest teams competing for a second seed. And I think that's why there were so many people there covering that game at that game because they knew it was going to be a close game. And that was really one of the better games of the entire night. Not to mention the fact that I'm sure Conley had a few people there because there's a few people Conley was keeping an eye on in that game. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. There's definitely, you know, no doubt about it. You've got stars all over the place with That's- one competing for the actual Conley Cup. And, you know, and, uh, you know, and Chase. And taking a look at at Double A, you had uh, Clarence beating Hutch Tech and uh, Lancaster getting back on uh, the win column with their win over Niagara Falls. What does Double A look like right now? Well, like Tom and I were discussing uh, before the show started and all that, uh, as important as that win was last night against Bennett, it might be moot if they don't come back and beat Clarence next week. Because if they don't beat Clarence next week, they're going to have to beat Lancaster in Week Eight. Well. So that's a stretch. Well, the other thing is point differential. How much was how close was that game? What one, one or two point, points? One point. That bodes well for Bennett going forward because they have a big win over Lancaster, and if it comes down to points, Bennett looks to be in the driver's seat rather than Orchard Park. Well, it just depends, but not if Orchard Park beats Lancaster because then it's yeah, going to go head yeah. to head, right? So this is ultimately what it, what, what what I said here. If you remember Week One. Double A will beat up on each other. Those top four will beat up on each other, and I said that, right? So now you've already seen Orchard Park beats Bennett. Will North beats uh, Orchard Park. Will North loses to Lancaster. They're all beating up on each other, right? Yeah. But it's, well, the point is, uh, there's no undefeated teams already. Every uh, yep. class double A team has at least one loss. Right. Yep. But what you're going to see is, is Orchard Park loses all these tiebreakers, right? The one team they've got to look at right now, because Lancaster's only got one more game left. Right, they go Depew yeah. and then they go Orchard Park, right? Because next week is rivalry week. Okay, so then you look at Clarence has already got their three losses in. They've got to win out. If they win out, and then Orchard Park loses their last two, and Will North uh, wins out, then you're talking about it's a head-to-head. Clarence Orchard Park. Clarence is in. Right. Yeah. If Orchard Park wins, Orchard Park's in. Right. If it's a three-way tie. Where, where Will North loses one more game, Will North wins that tiebreaker with wins over both of them. Then you go again to head-to-head with Clarence and Orchard Park, and Clarence would get in. So that Clarence-Orchard Park game could be the biggest game Huge. right now of who gets yeah. into that last spot. Oh, and, they, wow. and, those, and those two schools haven't loved each other ever since the, uh, I don't know, you remember the yellow pullover game about four or five years ago? It was at Clarence. Orchard Park shows up with their dark uniforms. They were supposed to bring their white road oh, uniforms. Yeah. Clarence refused to wear their white uniforms. So the only way they settled, they bought their orange, their yellow pullovers, <laughs> and wore the yellow mesh pullovers over their dark jerseys. And uh, them two teams haven't even been fond of each other since. Well, I'm thinking back to the uh, playoff game that we did at Orchard Park when we had to do the show inside the van. Uh, Clarence came in if i'm not mistaken clarence may have been the favorite going into that game and they had uh their big running back but he was banged up and orchard park came away with the win but i'm trying to remember if hoppy was the quarterback or no, not. no uh no because uh everyone i think that was after hoppy 
Uh, there was a championship team. They won. What was it 2012? They also won. After uh, yeah, something like that. Uh, that's when they had uh, Jimmy Fitz. He was the linebacker yes. who also came in and did the Wildcat. Yep. Yes. And I remember I'm on the sideline, and they went in. They went Wildcat. And all of a sudden, here comes this truck running right at me. And I'm thinking, dude, if you don't do a half right, I am so dead. <laughs> oh, I, you don't realize He's how big, big he was till you see him. Who wants to tackle that? No, not me. <laughs> Great guy, Jimmy Fitz. I, chances are, if he's around, he's listening. And uh, what a but I mean, the two schools have such a storied past, oh, yeah. and that's what makes it even more exciting. Which it's just everything's on the line. And you brought up Bennett. I mean, then let's flip it. Let's say Orchard Park wins the last two games. Orchard Park's the number one seed then with a head to head over Bennett. Yes, because then it would be Bennett would be the only one that would have a one uh, capable of one loss. So Orchard Park could go one seed or out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. With two games left. It's crazy. <laughs> well, Absolutely. You want to talk about what's crazier is we A class A is almost done. And when I was doing the um all the tiebreakers for class A, I realized that if uh Wheatfield had given up a, another touchdown and two point conversions in Jamestown, they'd be in the playoffs. They'd pretty much be in the playoffs right now. Now they're hoping for a Kemmer West loss today. Yes. <laughs> if Kenmore West wins, the, the seedings are they're all set. Yeah. And, do you uh, have it, or do you want? Because I, I have it, it too. Okay. Uh, number one would be West Seneca West. Number two would be Grand Island. Number three would be West Seneca East. Number four would be McKinley. Uh, number five would be Star Point. Number six would be Ken West. South Park seven. Jamestown eight. Now, yeah. having said that, uh, South Park. Talk about coming out smelling like a rose after you lose. Because they're the seventh seed, they played the uh, second seed, and I don't mean to downplay Grand Island, but if I'm my druthers, if i got to play at Grand Island, at West Seneca East, or at West Seneca West, I'm going to pay pay the toll or take a chance on the state sending me a $45 bill or something for a <laughs> dollar toll and take my chances at Grand Island. Right, but just I, because uh, West Seneca West has only given up 22 points this whole season. And because uh, I wouldn't have to tackle uh, Sean Dolak. Oh, that's a good, good, good reason. <laughs> uh, I can go with that. No, so and uh, why don't you hold on to that, Raj? Hold on to real that real quick. One. The four-five game at McKinley All High Stadium or Riverside versus Star Point. That's the four-five game. Oh wait, yeah. Did yep. yeah. I mention how much I love high school football? <laughs> All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to try to, uh, Roger's going to try to decipher uh, Class A for us. You're listening to Inside High School Sports on WGR Sports Radio 550. We're back listening inside high school sports. Tony Caligiuri, along with Tom Prince and Francis Beck, WNY Athletics. Roger Weiss in studio. We're talking about the games. Uh, before we get back to talking or wrapping up on Class A, then we'll jump into uh, Class B. Uh, shout out and happy birthday to Peyton Manjone, whose birthday is tomorrow. So happy birthday, Peyton. I do have a score for St. Mary's. They won last night 41-12 to over Dansville. Uh, cool. Julius Perry had a, par- had a passing and a rushing touchdown to lead the way for the Lancers. Cool. I, be- I believe that was a game that had to be arranged after Nichols uh, dropped out of football. I think they were originally okay. going to play Nichols this weekend. 
Okay, Raj, you were talking about Class A, you're kind of uh, wrapping it up. Uh, there actually could be, I mean, depending on wins and losses, is going to determine the seedings and, and who's going to be where. So uh, why don't you throw the rest of it at us? As it stands right now, and uh, Frank will, uh, Francis will jump in if, if perchance, uh, Hamburg upsets Kenmore West, which not too many believe that will happen. But West Seneca West will host the eighth seed, which will be Jamestown. Uh, Grand Island, as I mentioned earlier, will play South Park. The number three seed will be West Seneca East, and they will host the number six seed, which is Kenmore West. Barring a win. Assuming they win. Right. And the 4-5 game, Star Point will have to go to either All High or Riverside Field. I don't know what... Uh, if, if I think they probably had, put the game at All High, my you guess would, think, would be. Uh, for logistical purposes. Yeah, South Park's I already going I can't see a to, lot of parking spots over by Riverside High School, so... And then uh, you're already sending South Park to Grand Island, so we need to worry about them. But uh, that's how it shakes out. If, perchance, Hamburg upsets Ken West, then Ken West is out. Uh, what, Niagara Wheatfield becomes the eighth seed? Yes. And the seventh seed then would be Jamestown. Jamestown. You got to love it. And uh. if Jamestown, <laughs> we, we were talking about it during the break, if uh, Van Sickle is able to come back and be ready for the playoffs... Like Tom says, I'm not too crazy about playing against Jameson. No way. I mean, that kid's legit. He really is, just to see what he could do. My question is, what game did he get hurt in? Very first opening it, game. He was the first play game? of the season. Right. Wow. So, which was against who? West Seneca East. It, okay, it was against East. Okay, <laughs> that's what I wanted to verify. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you right now, this kid is, is literally a one-man show. I mean, I've seen him. You just saw him as a freshman do what he did. Um, last year, this kid, as far as a linebacker, is, is a difference maker. And then, as far as a running back, you're talking about a kid that can actually take over a game, and anything could happen. To me, he would be comparable, if healthy, to uh, Dolak and Riggerman. Great running back, and he's good catching a pass coming out of the backfield. And uh, like Tom says, even a better linebacker, all around player. Uh, anything else before we wrap up on uh, Class A and move on to B? The the one thing I would just say is the shock to me was we talked about during the break too was Niagara Weefield not scoring anything at West Seneca. Don't get me wrong, West Seneca strong. We know it. We know they're one of the top teams in A. They've proven it with the twenty two points given up. But I'm still shocked that no points got put up on the board by uh, Jordan Parks in that offense. And he's an exciting player. He really is. And speaking of post mortem, I mentioned it to you before the show uh, a few years ago. If somebody would have told us that. North Tonawanda, Sweet Home, and Alden, after six weeks, would have a combined record of 1-17. and 17. They would We'd have called, say you're crazy. They would have called the people in the white jackets. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, absolutely amazing. And again, like we've been saying the last couple of weeks, Rivalry Weekend looks like it's going to be as competitive as... In a while. In a long while. The other question, when was the last time that uh, going into Rivalry, Tonawanda had more wins than North Tonawanda? I don't recall. <laughs> Uh, maybe before and we start first time the guy century? old enough to remember that, and I'm not sure. <laughs> Probably in the Clint Clint Small <laughs> coaching days. Wow, <laughs> I'm sure somebody in that rivalry would be able to research that and uh, and let us know. Class B. Uh, first of all, Brian Thomas, thanks for uh, posting on our Facebook page. You go to Facebook Inside High School Sports, become a member of the page. First time I think in history that both Dunkirk and Fredonia are going to meet each other undefeated. 
listen, it's the most. Look, I, yeah, Anthony, the rivalry's only been going on for 114 only. years. Give him a break. <laughs> 1904, I believe, was their first game. Wow. And I'm going to tell you, that's Roger gonna, was there covering it, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing, wearing pink, too. <laughs> yeah, he was. He, he was the first one. They're like, what are you doing? <laughs> that's, he's the first one real, real men wear pink. The first one to do it, right? <laughs> so no, I was a fan of the uh, pink uh, rock uh, singer. Oh. That's why I was wearing pink back then. Oh, nice. You know, but I'm going to tell you right now, that is going to be a game to be at because you're talking about two towns that support their teams. Fredonia Dunkirk is big. That is going to be one loud game that you want to be at. I'll tell you, as a fan, just to go watch that game, that's something we want to do. And yeah. and uh, I think we're we're even talking about getting some coverage down there for that game because uh, I think that's an important one to be at. And it's at Fredonia, that field down there. If you haven't been to a game down at Fredonia in the bottom of the hill, compared to Dunkirk, Dunkirk got the modern field. He turned right. the lights and all that. Uh, does Fredonia have lights? Some would argue they do. Some would argue they don't. Dim lights? Uh, it would be like uh, trying to televise a game from the old rock pile back in the days. Mm. Uh, not at the brightest facility out there, but what an atmosphere. You don't. Uh, you Go know ahead. who's going under the radar this year, speaking of Fredonia Brockton? Joel Colon, 992 rushing yards. He's one of the top guys in the entire section as far as running the ball. He, he's got to be right around where Dolak is. We don't have Dolak stats, but he's just below Riegerman. He's ahead of Dunkirk's Quackley. He's ahead of a Dolak lot of guys. Stats, I'm guessing that uh, Dolak don't report to... Uh, you know, uh, Mark Adair's group and all that, because I see nothing about West Seneca East in there. So hmm. whether they don't report the stats, I don't know what the uh, deal is on all that. Class B, how many teams get in? I mean, well, we have three divisions. Same as A. Same as A? Yep. Okay. Uh, Pioneer will be the number one or two seed. The winner of Dunkirk Fredonia game will be the other one or two seed. Albion is locked in at the... Uh, uh, third seed, they are going to finish first. It, the only question is, are they going to be five and zero or four and one? They play Medina. Medina needs this game a lot more than Albion does. The only thing Albion's got going for them in this game, and it is rivalry, it is Medina Albion. Other than that, they are locked into the third seed. Now, fourth, fifth, and sixth seed are going to be especially interesting. I take that back. Uh, fourth and fifth seed will be the uh, winner of Chicktawaga Maryvale versus the loser of Dunkirk Fredonia, which means one of those four teams will not make it to the third. Yeah, to the semis. We're talking about some serious heavyweight bouts here. Exactly. The uh, I guess the person that has most of the control is Lackawanna. They pl- they are currently at two and one. They play Medina this afternoon, who is also two and one. And then next week, Lackawanna plays Olean, who is three and one. All right, now, in the Lackawanna game, is a point differential going to mean much? That I I don't get into point differentials okay. <laughs> till week seven. You know, that's just too much. You know, I used to rely on Mill to do all that stuff. He loved doing that stuff. I get a headache with all those numbers. But no, there are so many different variations that it could end up. The ones we do know are the uh, five teams that are in are Dunkirk, Fredonia, Pioneer, Chicktawaga, Maryvale. Uh, outside chance, slim and none to like Burgard, 
Newfane, all these teams that have three losses, depending on how all these other games shake out. But uh, but can you imagine being two or three seed and have to play Maryville or Cheektowaga? What's my point? Yeah, yeah. I mean that's, that's four or five games. That, that, that's somebody normally like Cheektowaga. You expect to be the number one seed running the show, and they could land six, seven with a loss to Maryville. Not saying they're going to, but if there's a loss to Maryville, you're talking about that could be a mess. You've got to bring in Cheektowaga as your first game in the quarterfinals. Hello. Yeah. How about this? <laughs> the four five game. If the four five game turns out to Cheektowaga Dunkirk. Is there a lot of people out there that thought that would be the game at the Ralph? Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah. in the beginning that of the was season, years absolutely. Ago. That's how the top five teams in B, any one of them. Yeah, Pioneer looks real good right now. But, uh, who know, like I say, those other teams, and you know what we say, it's kind of tough to beat a team twice in the same year. And here's the thing, too, is you know, we're now into October. Weather could start playing a factor in any given week. So that's another thing you have to think absolutely, about. Yeah, Especially absolutely. if it's start wind getting and colder, start wind, the running games. I mean, you've now gone, we've now gone through double A, which is wide open still. You've gone in A, little bit set. But boy, do not! I don't want to face some of those seven, eight seeds, especially if one of them is Jamestown in there, right? Or South Park. South, South Park. South Park, South Park, I, Park is the seventh seed. They're going to play Grand Island. I don't you think Grand touch Island's them. crazy about playing South Park. I don't think so. You know, and and now you're talking about the bees, where we could see some really good teams even outside looking in that we were. And just Roger talking said about. that in the beginning of the year. You could have uh, somebody with a, a, a really good record. They're going to be looking looking in. Well, it's just because of that. I still don't like that three league format. I would rather they go two weeks, two leagues, go eight, eight weeks instead of seven, and just have the top two teams in each division, semi and final, like they did in the old days. The old days, way back, when, <laughs> way, uh, way back, back when Markel was a whippersnapper. <laughs> All right, how about uh, Class C, Raj? Uh, what's that starting to look like? Class C South is already set. Uh, other than N- no, it's I don't believe so. I think they need to win next week against Casadega Falconer. Who's this? Uh, Southwestern in the C South. Yeah, what I mean, I meant the top four teams. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Cla- Chautauqua Lake is the fourth seed, and they will probably have to go up to play. I'm assuming Cleve Hill, because Cleve Hill would only have to beat either Akron or JFK. I doubt if they're going to lose to both of them, or one of them, let alone both of them, but you never know. Uh, Falconer, if Falconer, like uh, Francis said, if Falconer beats Southwestern, they become the uh, number one seed, and Southwestern would become the second seed, assuming that... uh, uh, It's, It's a championship game next week, basically. Because Southwestern beat Randolph-Roosburg. Correct. But anyway, those will be the top three. Uh, again, uh, I don't know how good Falconer is. I haven't seen them. They, uh, who was their only loss to? It must have been a, Fal- Who are you talking about? Falconer? Falconer. They Falconer. must have lost to Randolph. Yeah, they lost to Randolph. So now you're yeah, you you going to get a what? Freeway. A beats B, B beats C, and C beat A. Now you're going to get the point differential to settle the top three. So they're going to kind of be like uh, double A, where everybody's beating up on each other? Yeah. I don't know how. It's going to be closer to that three-way tie we had with Jamestown, West, and Niagara Field, and they won. It's yeah, going to be similar decides. between those three games. Point differential will decide who's first, and right. whoever's left had to head will decide who's second. Uh, and in uh, Class C North? Like I say, Cleveland only needs the one game to finish, be the first seed. 
Wilson will be the second seed. Wilson's and, having a great year. And that's yeah. another thing, too. Uh, if Wilson hosts the uh, quarterfinal game, being the second seed in the North, that means that either Randolph or Falconer would have to make the uh, trip. That's By the way, it's, uh, a it's, you know what? Yeah, it's, it's a long haul, but it's worth it. It's so gorgeous up there. It's a beautiful place to play. But I love it there. there. Let, let me tell you, you may love ride. it there. Two hours in a bus ride, then go up there. They ain't looking at how, how pretty it is <laughs> up there. I'll tell you that. All right, if they have the chicken chowder going, <laughs> it's worth the trip, all right? <laughs> oh, I still remember my first trip to uh, Wilson. Are we there yet? Yeah. Are we there yet? It's a I, long ride for us. We're coming from Niagara Falls. Well, no, the thing is, you're going to Niagara Falls Boulevard, you know. You're assuming Niagara Falls Boulevard. Once you get to Niagara Falls, it's a hop, skip, and a jump to Lake Ontario. Well, down by Wheatfield and Wurlitzer Park, it's not a hop, skip, and a right. jump. It's a hike. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, you take the 425 up off uh, Niagara Falls Boulevard. I, the first time I went, it was at night, and it was winter time. I might be weird, but I just love driving up there. Well, I, yeah. I love it. Well, yeah, but, but you you're going the other I'm, way. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't been there before, and it's nighttime, and it's winter, you're thinking, my God. Lake Ontario must have frozen. I'm halfway to Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Fun place. At least I like it there. All right, what else do you have there, Raj? Nothing much. Class right. D, you got four teams. Uh, today, uh, Maple Grove goes back for a rematch at Climber Sherman, Panama. The last game was 55-20 to 20 at Bemis Point. I don't see uh, Maple Grove coming back in that one. But, again, that's the one and two seeds. Uh, but see, that's the thing. I mean, you you know, you play somebody twice in a year, right, and you pound them thoroughly. How do you get up for that second meeting? I it's got to be difficult. And well, if they win the second, because you're you thinking you overconfidence. And I agree, but you also got to remember they have a number one state ranking behind them, and there are other things to get yourself up for a game. And they had and, a tough game at Depew. They had they were hitting the mouth a little bit last week. Yeah, but but you saw as it was early, and, and then once they got their groove, they went. You know, they really did take off and towards the end of that game. But I'll tell you right now is you've got a number one seed. You've got a local rivalry down there because those are all rivalry games all down in that in that southern tier area. This is still going to be something that you're going to get yourself up for. And, again, it's eight games, right? you got eight games to worry about. If you can't get yourself up for one of these games – there's something wrong with you. Exactly. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, talk a little bit more about D's and then uh, Monsignor Martin to talk about Cardinal O'Hare looking really good. So we'll have all of that and more. Don't forget, Sports Talk Saturday follows us at 11 o'clock. And tonight at 7, the Rangers at the Sabres. So keep it locked right here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Welcome back. One last segment of Inside High School Sports. Sports Talk Saturday follows us at 11, 7 o'clock. Rangers at the Sabres. All right, guys, last segment. Oh, Francis, you had a shout-out that you wanted to uh, Yeah, on Southwestern's big win last night, Alex Card broke a school record for career-receiving yards. Of course, he has a good quarterback, Cole Snyder, who had 250 passing and four TDs. Uh, but a big shout-out to Card for breaking a school record. It's certainly been a big year for the Trojans. All right. Uh, we did finish up with Class D, right, Raj? Yeah, pretty much like I say, 
uh, well, there's all four teams make the playoffs, and obviously Maple Grove and uh, CSP are going to be the one and two seeds. So, uh, so no real drama. No, none whatsoever. Uh, today, again, if uh, Maple Grove can find out a way to beat CSP and have something for them to think about for Week Ten at the Ralph, but I don't see that happening. And that's a one thirty kickoff for uh, those of you that are headed there. Big Monsignor Martin game going on today. St. Francis at St. Joe's, 1 o'clock. As uh, the car dealer says, this one is huge. You know, we already saw when Canisius went head-to-head with uh, with St. Joe's, like what a game we saw there, right? Back and forth, last minute, you know, it was, it was great to say, I think you're going to see the same thing again. And you're almost seeing kind of the way the teams are built, that Franny's is a little bit like uh, – Canisius in the sense of they can light up the scoreboard at any time. Not that St. Joe's can't light it up, but but St. Joe's, this huge line, both on the offensive and defensive lines, the question is, will they be able to stop this passing attack that St. Francis has been has been delivering to everybody? And then St. Francis uh, doesn't get any easier. Next week they have to travel to Canisius. This net now, now comes... The Monsignor Martin Gauntlet that we all talk <laughs> yeah. about, right? This exactly. is yeah. these are the games that you get excited for. Don't tell me that if you're a Franny's player, you don't get excited to play Joe's and Canisius, right? Or Canisius playing St. Joe's, and, yeah, because this Franny's. is your time right now that you got to go out there. Yeah, and your warm up games are done. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and they've done well in a lot of these warm up games. You see that the teams that have come in. Um, they've done well. We haven't seen any big upsets, but they're in those games. They're producing in those games. We're seeing huge stats come out of those games. This is going to be another big game, and I will not be surprised that the team that has the ball last is a team that's actually going to pull this one off. You think about what what, what goes on. You know, you have uh, Canisius, Joes, Frannies, and, and, and you know you could throw in the others as well. But they go and play that. Uh, games against some of the powers, and whether it's in Pennsylvania or Ohio, and you think about how that gets you ready when you're facing really tough competition. Competition, even if you get it handed to you that day, the things that you take away, what you're learning, now you get into the battle at the end of the season. You're bringing everything, and you've learned a lot. So that, the quality of football going on, it's amazing. Uh, no doubt about it. And then we talked about this on the break. Don't forget about the – there's a fourth team that could provide upsets here. Cardinal O'Hara has proven that they're a team to, the, to be reckoned with out there. I they was gave just going to say, Tom, right? week nine, O'Hara plays at Canisius, and depending on how the uh, uh, Section 6 semis you know, shake out and all that, if those most of those games are Friday night – that Saturday at one o'clock at Canisius O'Hara game might be the only game in town, and and, and you're seeing what they've done. They gave Franny's a run. Do not take this team lightly, because if you do, it will be an upset that's uh, that's produced. And you, I don't know. You saw all over the game when they played Franny's, the people were all up in arms. It was a big thing about the whole refing and trying to prove that the refing was bad. Which to me, after the game is over, that's just you, you can't do. But even if there was one sided where call they felt calls were going one way, you get breaks in another game, and it's easily a game that they're going to be able to pull off a win. No, Jake Ritz kept St. Francis in that game. I yep. firmly believe if he wasn't the quarterback in that game, O'Hara probably would have won. He kept, he was St. Francis. Yep. 
which is what we which is what we're talking about today. I mean, he's gonna have to have a game for them to be able to beat St. Joe's, and that defense is going to be ready to play. How much how how important will home field advantage be in Monsignor Martin playoffs? No big deal. Yeah, well, for the first round, it depends on your matchup because guess what? Kinesis is either going to have to either gonna is going to have an easier game, right, or. Franny's is going to have to play Joe's, or Kinesis is going to have to play Joe's, and one of them is going to see a home game. Yeah, but I don't know. You know, it's not like uh, we were talking about earlier. It's not like uh, Allegheny Limestone having to travel to Wilson or something like that. They aren't that far. To me, the biggest thing when you're uh, having a home team, uh, you know, home game versus a road game, is the non travel, uh, the non game itself considerations. Like I say, if you have to travel from Wilson down to uh, Portville or something like that, yeah, that could wear on you. Do you go the night before and stay overnight? But uh, no, I don't think uh, local games where you're talking 45 minutes or less ride, I don't think home field advantage even exists. I don't think it's... Well, I mean, it I does. Mean, it gives I you, mean, you got a comfort right, zone you, got a comfort you like to be zone, in as a player own, or coach. Your own locker rooms. You you're got not more put fans off. There. I mean, there's some little things that really add up in those games. You know, the student body really gets you. I don't think they're difference makers. Maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, psychological, that's about it. Uh, Especially Canisius and Joes with that rivalry. Do you think Canisius is less uh, comfortable playing at Joes? And, you know, uh, especially now out here at the West Seneca facility, it's not like in their backyard. Well, and they travel well, so they'll have their section and, And, and you know. The crowd's going to be there, but how many times have you been to a game where the, the. Visiting locker room really doesn't exist, so the team's got to kind of stay out on the field and and do their stuff. And what about if it's that rainy, horrible day where you, you really don't get that uh, facility that you want, or the uh, and you're just standing outside? I mean, you're all out day. there and just soaking wet rain or snow. I mean, who knows what's going to happen That's in the next right. two, three That's weeks? Right. I, it's it a is time of year. To me. Oh, no doubt. Listen, <laughs> listen. I'm going to the extreme on you. I get, but sometimes the extreme happens, right? And then the one time you don't say it, that's when the extreme comes into play. Yeah. What, what have we learned to expect the unexpected yeah. at this point? Yeah. It's not like Ohio State having to go to the yes. big house yeah, or I agree. Michigan having to go to the horseshoe or whatever they call that down there. Uh, no, I just in high school I don't see that. Even in in basketball, maybe, and that is a possibility maybe not a d- definite maybe all right if you're planning on going to uh, catch a game this uh, this afternoon you have and, and these are the games that we mentioned uh, earlier akron at uh, cleve hill two o'clock you've got uh, hamburg at ken west at two o'clock will north is at lockport that's a two o'clock uh maple grove versus uh climbing climber sherman panama that's at climber 130 non-league games you got wilson at uh, Newfane at 2 o'clock, and uh, Canisius is at Erie, Pennsylvania. Maybe they could bring back some pepperoni balls for us. That's 7 o'clock. Keep Did in you... mind, Lockport's opening their new field today when they face Bill North. They have a brand-new turf. Beautiful, beautiful. Did you mention um, a dine at Lackawanna? I didn't hear No, that. I didn't. I'm sorry. It's a 1 o'clock start. Thank you. All right, Derek Kramer, thank you. Guys, thank you for a uh, a fun morning. We'll see you guys next week with more Inside High School Sports. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.